0: In the series, The Blessed Life, and the title of today's message is this. What test? I mean, I I, I want you to remember when you were in school. Did anybody here ever show up at school one day, get in class, and people were studying, and you're like, what are you doing? It's like, we're studying for the test, and you're like, what test? Has that happened to anybody here before? Come on, I got some minus. Thank you for being honest. In Spanish service, everybody's like, nope, nope, never. At least you might not remember when they went to school. Um, (laughs) We have an older crowd in the morning. You know what happened to us this week? On Thursday, we're having dinner right? We were going to have some time. This week was a little crazy because we had open house on Tuesday for Alexandra, open house on Wednesday for Abigail. So it was, it was not our regular routine. So we said Thursday, we're going to let's do something as a family. So we made dinner and, and we got things ready. I made quesadillas and, and different things. And we get at the table. It's okay to have a taco Thursday. It doesn't only have to be on Tuesday, okay? Um, <laughs> but we get at the table and all of a sudden, Abigail remembered that she had a Spanish test the next day. So we're like, all right, Abigail, did you bring your notebook? No. Do you remember the words? A few of them. Now, her, <laughs> for those of you that speak Spanish, I'm gonna tell you, she had a synonyms test. And some of the words that she had to know were that tristes, triste, the synonym is melancólico. And uh, alarmo with susto. I mean, like, it ain't no little words. She's in, you know, And she's like, but I'm going to be okay. And we're like, all right, let's start writing these suckers down. Yeah, she wasn't okay. (laughs) So we had to start studying because we didn't want her to have a what test moment. Now, let me tell you something. There is a test that every single believer takes every single time they get paid. Every single time you get paid, as a believer, there's a test that you face. And it's a test that is working your heart, that God is using to work with your heart. Now, how many of you get paid here once a month? Raise your hand if you get paid once a month, okay? A couple of you. How many of you get paid bi-weekly, twice a month, okay? How many of you get paid weekly? Nobody gets paid weekly? Some of you, okay? How many of you just don't get paid? <laughs> nah, we'll, pray. <laughs> we'll pray for you guys. <laughs> There's a test that every believer takes every time they get paid. We're going to start today in the book of Malachi. And we're going to go through a lot of Bible today, okay? We're going to go in the book of Malachi. We're going to end in Second Chronicles 31 if you want to mark it for later. But we're going to start in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. It's right smack in the middle of the Bible, right before the book of Matthew. Malachi chapter 3. We begin reading in verse number 6 of Malachi chapter 3, and this is what it says, it says, For I am the Lord. So just right off the bat, who's talking to us here? The Lord, okay? It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, You are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. One more time. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. In other words, God is saying, I'm God. I don't change. I'm the same. The Bible says it yesterday, today, and forever. And because I'm the same and I'm a nice guy, I haven't killed you all yet. That's what he's saying to the sons of Jacob. Because I am the God that doesn't change. I haven't consumed you yet. And then he says to them in verse number seven, Yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone astray. You've gone away from my ordinances. Say ordinances. Okay, we're going to go back to that word in a second. You've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Again, reminding us, he's the one talking. And you said, in what way shall we return? Then God talking again says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Many times over, the Lord is reminding, I'm the one that's talking here. And what we're going to talk about here today is not doctrine of man. It wasn't written by a preacher. It wasn't written by a pastor. All we're going to read is scripture that talks about what the tithe is. And the tithe is a Hebrew word that means tenth, one-tenth. And if you go back there I told you we we're going to go back to the word ordinances right it says in verse number 7 you've gone away from my ordinances an ordinance when you look at the definition of the word is a principle of ordinary behavior God is telling the people you have walked away from the principle of ordinary behavior for one of my children And you and you think and you and you say well what test The tithe, and that's point number one, the tithe is a test. Tithing is a test. However, it's not a regular test. It's a two-way test. Tithing is a two-way test. If you notice in verse number 10, it says, try me now in this. It is the only verse in the Bible that I have ever read that tells us to try God to test God. As a matter of fact, the word try there is the word that is used when you test precious metals to know its purity, to know how good it is. So God says tithing is a two-way test. I'm testing your heart, but you're testing my faithfulness. Try me if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. That overflows. And you know what else God says there? Again, this is not me talking. I'm reading to you from the Bible. God says that if you do not tithe, you're under a curse. let read it one more time. Verse number 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You've robbed me. Oh, pastor, a Christian can't be cursed. Because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. You ever read that verse before? It's Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. However, that's talking about the curse of your second death. The curse of the law, which covers sickness. But have any of you ever been sick here before? But we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But we still face sickness? You looking and saying, because now we're under grace, this doesn't apply anymore, is an absurd thought. Tithing is a two-way test. God testing your heart and us testing God and his faithfulness. It's a two-way test. I feel like I need to give a disclaimer because I'm getting a lot of wide-eyed today. As I said this last week. We're doing this series of Blessed Life. This is not because we want your money. That's between you and God. If you don't tithe, that doesn't make you a bad person. If you don't tithe, that doesn't make you a rebellious person. But you are not going to walk into the fullness of blessings that God has for you because that's what the Bible says, not what a man says. So if you get upset at what we're preaching about today, take it up with God, (laughs) not with me. And this is the first time in eight years as a church that I preach on the subject of tithing. And last week, we actually gave to every family that was here a copy of the Blessed Life book. If you weren't here last week or one of your family members was not here, we're going to give it to you today. Okay, we're at the end of the service, just like we did last week. We're going to sew it into your life so that you can read it and get more information and learn more. But tithing is a test, and it's a test that every single one of us as believers take. You ask, why did God say 10%? Well, because God is a fair God. God, I believe, used a percentage because then it's the same across the board. It's a penny for every dime, a dime for every dollar, a dollar for every 10. So if you make $30,000 a year, you give a tithe, which is 10%, and if you make $300,000 a year, you give a tithe. It is fair across the board for everyone. And tithing, 10, in the Bible, is a number that represents testing. Watch, I- I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. I want you to answer nice and loud, okay? Number one, how many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Ten. Another way we could say that was how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? Ten, ten right? How many commandments? Ten. ten. I know the law has six hundred commandments. We get that, but we all break it down to the ten commandments. If, so, if you don't notice, there's a pattern. Okay, you can all jump in. Right? <laughs> in Numbers chapter fourteen, how many times did God test the Israelites in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's changes uh, changed, wages changed? Come on, come on, come on, church, wake <laughs> up. How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing meant in the book of Revelation? How many disciples were there? No, 12, 12 it was testing you, testing you. All right, we got a few this time. First service, we didn't get anybody, but we got a couple this time. All right, good. It's a number that represents Testing. And as I mentioned, it's the only time where God actually tells people, test me. Try me. Try me. Test me. Now, there's a couple of lies that some people say and people will go ahead and do. And they'll say things like this. Tithing is Old Testament. Tithing was under the law. Pastor Robert Morris says he had a conversation with God one time, like in his quiet time. He's like, God... You put this in Malachi, right? Where you put it in Malachi, it's Malachi 3, then comes Malachi 4, then starts Matthew 1. Like, why didn't you just wait a day? Throw it in Matthew, you know? As a matter of fact, there's only about 15 verses left in the Old Testament after it says, you're robbing me and your tithes and offerings. He says he felt God say, because it's a test. I put it right where I wanted it, it's a test. But there's people that say, we don't live under the law, we live under grace, which is why tithing, which was Old Testament, doesn't pertain to us. But how many of you know that there are things that are godly principles that surpass law? And things that are even in the law, like, anybody got a wallet I can borrow for? You, you got a wallet on you, coach? And borrow your wallet? No, you got your wallet? Just give it to me, come on, just with the keys, it's fine, that's all right, just go the whole thing. You don't want the keys, all right. Okay. since thou shalt not steal was under the law and I live under the grace, I'm going to keep this because I'm under the grace. I'm not under the law. That's absurd. Is that not absurd? I mean, thou shalt not murder was under the law. Thou shalt not commit adultery was under the law. But because I'm on grace, I can step out on my wife. Heck, no! I'll be fed to an alligator before the day ends. <laughs> Thank you. The tithe, with which is a test, is a godly principle that surpasses time, and it is a test that He gives us, and it is a test that we do unto God. Now, the second point that I want to hit today is that tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. And we're going to go over a slew of different verses now, and I want you to open, get your Bibles, or at least get something to write them down that you can go back and read these even better later on as as you're pondering on this word from the Lord, all right? We're going to go back all the way to the book of Genesis in chapter number 14. Genesis chapter number 14, all the way, first book of the Bible, book of Genesis, chapter 14, verse 18. It says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. Now we'll stop there for a second. Melchizedek, the book of Hebrews, says who was the high priest and that Jesus is high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek, by many Bible scholars, is believed to be Jesus himself, or at the very least, a representation or type of Christ, because the book of Hebrews describes that he has no beginning, he has no end, he has no genealogy, he has no father, he has no mother. And then what is it that Melchizedek brought out? Bread and wine, a representation of what Jesus did at the Lord's Supper when he broke the bread and wine to establish the new covenant. Okay, so then it says in verse number 19, and he, this is Melchizedek, blessed him, who is Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, this is talking about Abraham now, gave him a tithe, a tenth of all. For you Bible scholars, This took place 500 years before the law was given to Moses out in the wilderness on Mount Sinai. Because tithing is a godly principle. As a matter of fact, next week we're going to talk about the law of first fruits and we're going to show you in the scripture where tithing was given 2,500 years before the law. Abraham tithed 500 years before the law. It's in the Bible, right? Let's forward over, turn a few pages, go to Genesis 26. I'm not reading you from anything other than the Bible, okay? Genesis chapter 26, verse number, I'm sorry, 28, my bad. 28, verse 22. Genesis 28, 22. This is Jacob now. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and of all that you give me I will surely give a tenth a tithe to you this is 400 years before the law and where did the tithe go to to the house of God Malachi says it goes to the storehouse what is that representation in today's uh, uh, time period the church your local church where you get fed if you're a visitor here and you have another local church where you get fed on a continual basis, that is your storehouse. But if this is your home, this is the place where your tithe goes, according to the Bible. Okay? You're with me so far? Okay. Go to Leviticus. Turn a few pages more to the book of Leviticus. And in Leviticus is where we're going to chapter number 27. Leviticus chapter 27. I told you we're going to read a lot of Bible this morning. Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27. Verse number 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. What does the word holy means? It means set apart, consecrated. What does this mean? The tithe doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God, which is why God can say, you robbed me. If I walk out of church today holding this Bible, it's my Bible, I am not stealing. But if one of y'all walk out today with this Bible, you stole it. Why? It's mine, and you took it. I actually had a Bible of mine stolen when I was little. Or not little, I was one of the pastors already, at Alpha and Omega, and I had my Bible in the front pew, and somebody jacked it and took it home. I just pray over them, God, just continue to bless them in Jesus' name. Had all my notes in that Bible, lost them. Anyway, pray for your pastor a tithe of all the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. Forward again. We we, we went through Genesis. We're in Leviticus. Go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 26. That's where the 26 was that I mixed up earlier. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 and 2. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, first fruits, again, we're gonna talk about that next week, which you shall bring from your land to the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Take your first fruit to your temple, your church. Forward to verse number 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. God, what you gave me that's already yours, I removed it from my house. Look at the description now. Also, I have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments, which you have commanded me. I've not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it. Oh, I, I had to buy groceries first. No, no, no. God, I took it out. I haven't eaten my tithe. Watch, look at this one now. I haven't eaten it when I was in mourning nor have I removed any of it for unclean use. In other words, I haven't kept it to go out and use it in something that doesn't please you. That is a sin before you. Where you're adding insult to injury, you robbed it from God, and then you used it to buy something that was sinful before the eyes of the God. So We're reading the Bible. I know this is a tough message today, but I know you all can receive it because you know it's coming from God, not from me. Okay, trying to teach you in what it says, because it is a blessed life that we want you to live. Okay, then it continues to say, I have not used it for unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Verse 15. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, verse 15, there is a prayer, right? God, I removed the tithe. I gave it to you. I didn't misuse it. I gave it to you. Therefore, because I obeyed you, it's your turn to bless me. Why? Because the tithe is a two-way test. God, bless me, right? Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. The land flowing with milk and honey. Now, we've read a lot from the Old Testament, so I, let me ask you this question. If Jesus said that we were supposed to tithe, would you do it? was no, still quiet. Okay, so we'll ask you guys to see if you guys are there. If Jesus said it, like in red letters, that you're supposed to tithe, would you do it? Yes. The sad thing is that as believers, there's not us, right? I'm just talking in general. A lot of believers, they, they deal with that. I mean, the guy who gave up his life that we might have eternal life. Go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Verse number 26. Matthew 26. Verse number 26, I'm sorry, 23, 23, 23, not 26, 26, man, number 26 is stuck in my head today. Matthew 23, 23, Matthew 23, 23, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint, anise and cumin, okay, the spices they were going to use to prepare their steak. Right? You give tithe on the mint, the anise, and the cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Leave the verse up there for me, guys. Leave it up there. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Perhaps you read it and you say, well, pastor, you know what? These you ought to have done doesn't refer to the tithe. It probably refers to the fact of justice, mercy, and faith. So grammatically, that's not accurate, but let's say that it was. What does the rest of the verse say? Without leaving the others undone. In other words, tithe and follow justice, mercy, and faith. Any which way you read it, Jesus said, you got to do them both. Not me. Jesus. And people ask me all the time, Pastor, I don't understand why I don't live a life full of blessing. For those of you that weren't here last week, I did something that was difficult for me, but I did it in obedience to God. I started last week's service apologizing to the congregation for never having taught on tithing eight years as a pastor of this church. Because God convicted me that I robbed you of that. And I had multiple people after service come to me, Pastor, you haven't failed us. You you taught me on tithing. Yes, anybody that I talked to one-on-one, when they would tell me, but I don't want this, I would bring out the Bible. This is what it says. You got to do this. But I never did it from the pulpit. Jesus said it. So Jesus said it. I'm going to do it. And then let's go a step further. Go to Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7 is where we talk about Melchizedek, right? And it says there, it's talking about Melchizedek, the person Abraham gave the tithe to, the representation of Jesus or Jesus himself. It says, here on earth, mortal men receive tithes. But there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. In other words, You're giving your tithe here on earth, and yes, it is being administered by a man. We're praying for wisdom in when we use it and what we do, but you're not tithing to a church or to man. You're giving it to God, and Jesus himself is the one who's receiving it. It's Jesus. Again, I don't want you to misunderstand me. We are not preaching this series because they told us, you know, the church finances aren't good and we need to get more money. I'm going to be completely honest and frank. Every year of the church, our, increase has, our giving has increased year over year. And so has what we use to bless the community. This week we sent stuff out to the Bahamas that you guys brought in last week. A lot of you brought in stuff. Well, that's not all we sent to the Bahamas. And somebody went with me. Before we went to drop off the stuff, we went to Costco and we invested over $1,100 on more supplies that we did it as a church. Why? Because there are people here who tithe and give. So it goes back out to hell. So we are not, I want you to understand this. This is not a message because 3W Church wants your money. God wants your heart. And as your pastor... It is my responsibility to teach you what God said in Scripture. So number one, tithing is a test. Number two, tithing is biblical. And number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. I'm going to set you the scene of what's happening here in 2 Chronicles Chapter 32, as you look it up. Second Chronicles, or sorry, 31. Second Chronicles chapter 31. The king at this time period is Hezekiah. Now, King Hezekiah was living in a time where the children of Israel were experiencing a very bad recession. And a few chapters before chapter 31, it says there was a night when he couldn't sleep and he began to read the law. And as he was reading the law, he read where it talked about the tithe, and he gave a decree. He he re, he redid the, the 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 structure of the temple, he the the ordinances of things that had to get done, and he told everybody, "You must tithe. It's what the law says, and we've neglected it." So this is where we are, chapter thirty-one, verse number four. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priest and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Stay there for a second. I'm going to read it one more time. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priest and the Levite that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. i we'll to stay there for a second. The word there, support when you look at it up, and depending on the translation you read, and when you look it up in the original, is the portion due, that they may contribute their portion due, their tithe. Why? What does the tithe do? It maintains the house, okay? Let's be, can we just be honest and frank for a second? Somebody pays for the mortgage of 3W Church's building here. The electricity bill, the water bill, My salary so that I don't have to go flip burgers somewhere and then try to study to feed you good food. Let's be honest. So what does the tithe do? It maintains the local church why did the children of israel why was israel in that moment in such a bad place because the priests and levites who did not receive a portion of inheritance according to the law because they were supposed to devote themselves to the studying and the preparing of the temple and be maintained through the process of what everybody brought into the storehouse they had to abandon it okay i'm gonna can, can i be transparent Last week, I told you I had never preached on giving monetarily because of hurts of manipulation I've seen in different ministries throughout years, okay? When I launched 3W Church, when God put in our heart, launched 3W Church, you can ask my wife and members of our board who were more members at the time, I said something. I said, I never want to take a salary from the church. And for the first three and a half, almost four years of the church, I did not take a salary. I maintained my job, my secular job for Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, training teachers how to use technology in their classroom. And I was set on I never want to take a salary until one of my mentors sat with me and said, so now you're working 80 hours for your company and also 60 to 70 hours for the church. So what, are you are going to lose your family? Are you Are going to lose your children? My seeing people take advantage of stuff put me in such a place that I did not want to be taken care of the way God said to be taken care of. And I had to be corrected. I can't get more transparent than I'm being with you guys today. Again, I, I am I am, just telling you how it is. And I pray you just receive it. And if you're offended by it, I apologize. And I pray that you can then plug into a church that doesn't want you to be blessed. But I want you to grow in the Lord in such a degree that we can bless everybody that we can because we're walking in a blessed life, okay? So Hezekiah, he says this, right? Then verse number five. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance, in abundance, the first fruits of grain and wine oil and honey and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. Remember the time period. People didn't have currency. Currency was that what they made and what they co- uh, 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 brought out of the ground, right? That's what they brought the tithes of in. And you know what happened? How many of you would go to a restaurant Order, eat your food, and then walk out without pain. Anybody? No? None of you. Me neither. <laughs> on Tuesday, Patty and I went to eat dinner at this restaurant right by my daughter's school because we had open house. It went really late. We were hungry. And we got in there. I mean and, and we're like we we were on a, a mission to eat because we were hungry. I was telling Patty later it was the first time almost 13 years of marriage that I have seen her hangry. Never, she never gets angry, but she was like, "I need food." I was like, "Let's go." So we got there. We they sat us down, and we looked at the menu immediately. Like when the gentleman came over to bring the water, we were like, "We're ready to order," (laughs) you know. We ordered, they brought the food. We ordered one of the daily specials so it would even be fast. I was speak I said the pollo. It's not like they make it on the spot. They just bring it. We got our food. We ate our food. All the different stuff. And 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 the waiter comes by. I'm like, sir, can we have the check, please? And uh, he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Patty goes to the restroom. She comes back. About literally 10 or 15 minutes past by. She's like, all right, can we leave? And I was like, well, we parked literally right in front of the restaurant. I mean, we can make a dash, get in the car, and take off. But the guy hasn't brought me the check yet. <laughs> you don't do it. As a matter of fact, I'm a little embarrassed right now. On Thursday, I was coming back from a pastor's meeting. I meet with a group of pastors at least once a month. We pray for each other, talk with each other, whatnot. I was coming back to the office, and I was hungry, so I jumped in the the line at at Wendy's there at the fast food line. And, And as I'm getting ready to order, I realized I didn't have my wallet. And I didn't have enough coins in the little compartment there. Now my dad's going to get mad at me because he says I was supposed to have 20 bucks cash in the car at all times, and I forgot I didn't. I just had some coins in there. It wasn't enough for a chicken nugget, you know? Like, And I was like, I don't have my wallet. I didn't go up to the window and be like, y'all, can y'all bless me? No, no, no. When the car in front of me left to go and make the turn, I just drove past the window. I didn't even order. I just drove past the window and took off to go look for my wallet. Because you don't eat without paying for the food. But all around the world, Christians go sit on Sunday services and leave without paying for their meal. The spiritual food that brought to you through whoever is preaching at that church that Sunday. Let that one sink in for a second. That's what Hezekiah realized. And he told everybody, it's time to make it right, right? Verse number six. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid in heaps... Montones, it says in Spanish, big old heaps. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. The third month was the harvest, and the seventh was another harvest. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. In other words, he said, everything is here. Are the people okay? Okay. Like, did they bring everything and now they're starving? And look what the high priest says, verse number 10. And Azariah, the chief of priests from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. In other words, if the heaps here are big, go look at the ones in people's houses. Because they were following God's ordinance. What was ordinance? Customary behavior. That's what the Bible says. You know, there's two statements that I have heard time and time again concerning people who tithe or don't. Two things, over and over again. The Bible talks about something being in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The person who tithes always says this, God has blessed me and continues to bless me. Every single time. You know what I hear time and time again from the person who doesn't tithe? I can't afford to tithe. And here's the truth. If you try to do everything first and then take out your tithe, you'll never afford it. But tithing is believing that God can do more with ninety percent than you with a hundred. I want to give you another example. I need three volunteers: uh, 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 Stephen, Brian, and you're already standing. So come up here, Matt. Okay, my three volunteers. This is Stephen. Everybody say hi, Stephen. This is Brian. Everybody say hi, Brian. And this is Angelo. Everybody say, what's up, Angelo? All right, my condolences for being a Met fan. But anyways, <laughs> so I'm going to use these three guys as an example. I didn't tell them I was going to, but we'll do it anyways. Let's pretend that I'm going to go away on a long trip. And so I tell my wife, "Honey, I, I got to go away for a bit. I'm going to leave you everything you need. Look, the, the mortgage is covered. The money for the f- girls' you know, meals and their activity, everything is here. But then as an additional safeguard, I tell these three guys that I trust and I love, and I'm like, listen, guys, I'm going to give each of you $10,000 a month. This is an illustration, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give each of you $10,000 a month, and you can keep 90% of it. You can keep 9,000. All I want you to do is that when you get it on the first, you send my wife $1,000 so that she is well taken care of. Even though I left her already, I, I need you to do it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. So a couple of months passed by and, I, and I'm talking with Pat. He's like, honey, the time's almost up. Like I'm coming back soon. Um, but you know, how are my guys doing? You know, what's going on with them? You know, tell me about Angelo. It's like, honey, I know you told them to send me 10%, you know, $1,000, but on the first of every single month, he sent me a $2,000 check. It's like wow, like I didn't ask for twenty, I asked for ten, but wow, man, he's doing a great job. All right, so tell me a little bit about Stephen. It's like well, Stephen, like clockwork, on the first of the month, I get that thousand dollars. Okay, he's doing a great job. All right, now tell me a little bit about Brian. <laughs> it's like well, the first month he sent me seven hundred, and then the second month he sent me four hundred, and I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> Okay. It's an illustration. It's an illustration, but it's how the dolphins feel right now. Um, anyways. Watch now. Watch. I'm asking them, I'm giving them something with the request that they take care of my wife. Cause I went away. Now watch, watch. Jesus, the Bible says that the church is his bride. Jesus said, I'm going away. So what if from what I give you, I want you to take care of my wife. So what is Jesus going to say? Because this is very personal to him. Hebrews says it. He's the one that receives it. Jesus is going to say, this one's being faithful and this was being faithful. What I was going to give to this one, I'm going to give it to them. Oh, that doesn't sound like something God would do. Have you ever read the parable of the talents? The one that was given 10, 5 and 1? The one that was given 10... Invested it and it multiplied. The one that was given five, invested and multiplied. The one that had one didn't do anything. And the master says what he had, I'm going to take it and give it to the other. Thank you, guys. The Bible says that if we don't follow this ordinance, we are living under a curse. So, I want to be clear on something. Worship to come back. I want to be very clear on something. If you don't tithe, does it make you a bad person? No. If you don't tithe, does it make you a rebellious person? No. If you don't tithe, does it make you a bad Christian? I'm not going to say it does. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. It's going to limit the blessings that God can give you. It's going to limit the blessings that God wants to give you. Church, What did the book of Malachi say? Tithing breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer. Tithing breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer. We talked last week that it's all about the heart. And this week we hit hard. The truth that the Bible says that tithing is a test. It's a two way test, but it's a test. That tithing is biblical. And, church, tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing. And I want you to walk in the blessings of all that God has for you.